I lie in the grass with my eyes closed, listening for the whir of honeybee wings. But it's too early in the season for bees and I know it. I needed an excuse, I guess. Something to say to get out of camp for a while. And the bees will be back soon anyway. Before the next full moon comes, these wildflowers will be covered in bees, and I'll be hunting for their hives. I'm just a little ahead of them. Cole! I sit up at the sound of Peck's voice, calling from the southern edge of the meadow. It's a wonder I hear him at all with such a stiff wind pushing down over the great ice that forms the far northern boundary of our hunting range. He waves his spear over his head, and a brief flash of sunlight reflects off the polished stone point. A momentary burst of light, like a wink of the divine's eye. Peck calls out again, and it sounds like a boat. Though that can't be right. From so far away, into the wind, he could be saying anything. Peck is a swift runner, and he reaches me before I have time to worry about what he has to say to me that couldn't wait until I returned to camp. The skin of his face glows pink, and tears run down his face from the sting of the wind. A boat, he says. He sets his hands on his knees and bends, sucking air. Did you run the whole way from camp? Yes, he says, tipping his head to let the wind blow his hair from his eyes so he can look at me. Sweat glistens on his forehead. A boat is on the beach. A beautiful long canoe dug out from the trunk of a single tree. You wouldn't believe how beautiful. I run my eyes over Peck's face, still somewhat soft and boyish at sixteen. He favors our mother. He has her easy smile and eyes that glow with the light of a secret scheme. Is this a game? Are you playing a trick on me? Why would I bother to run all the way out here? I'm not sure, but I know that there's no such thing as a boat made of the trunk of a single tree. Fine. Believe what you want to believe. Peck rolls his spear in his right hand and peers off into the empty space in front of us, as if he can see into the past, or maybe the future. Without warning, he takes a few skipping steps across the grass and with a loud exhale of breath hurls his spear, a shaft of mammoth bone tipped with an obsidian point at an invisible target. He had the wind at his back to help him, but I can't deny it's a strong throw. Beat that, he says picking up my own spear from where I'd discarded it on the grass earlier. My spear is identical to my brother's, a shaft of mammoth bone. But instead of obsidian, I prefer a point of ivory. It's harder to shape, but ivory is stronger. I grip the spear, tensing and relaxing my hand, until the weight of it feels just right. I take three sliding steps and roll my arm forward, hand over shoulder, releasing the spear at the optimal moment. It is a perfectly executed throw. Still, it lands about two paces short of Peck's. I may be his older brother, but everyone jokes that Peck was born with a spear in his hand. He has always been able to outthrow me. Not bad, he says. That should be good enough to impress the girls. I'll try to remember that, <laughs> I say, forcing a laugh. There are no girls our age in our clan something Peck and I try to joke about to hide the worry it causes us. But it's not a joke, and no one knows that better than Peck and I do. Without girls, there will be no wives for my brothers and me. Our clan could dwindle, even end. You won't have to remember for long. Peck's gaze rests on something past my shoulder, as an odd smile climbs from his lips to his eyes. 
Suddenly, this doesn't feel like a joke anymore. My stomach tightens and I spin around. At the southern edge of the meadow, at the precise spot where Peckett appeared just moments ago, two girls come into view, flanked by our father, our mother, and a man I don't recognize. What? Do you believe me now about the boat? I have no reply. I stand still as ice, unsure how to move without risking falling down. It's been so long, over two years since I've seen a girl my own age. My eyes fix on these two as they approach. A certain authority in their movements. They practically saunter toward us, each carrying a spear at her side. One dressed in finely tailored hides walks slightly ahead of the group. Her parka's hood obscures her hair, and her face is half-hidden in shadow, but there's no question that she's a girl. The swing in her shoulders and the movement in her hips give her away. The second girl is you.